It's bonus pod one five one. You you walk on in in a uh, cemetery. It's a nice cemetery, like an English cemetery, the kind of mm-hmm. cemetery that doubles as a park. And you're walking along, having a lovely time, and um, uh, you hear suddenly a whisper. Leave this place, <laughs> and and you go what? Leave this place, but you are brave and you do not. Instead, you follow the whisper. Leave this place, and you find a mausoleum. You on the front instead of a dedication or a name, it's the poo emoji etched in stone. <laughs> Leave this place. You press the poo emoji, it sinks in. The facade, the front of the mausoleum descends into the earth. You enter it, a, a torch of light, you walk down some stairs, and underneath is a crypt, and out of a shadow, two men, um, a very, very tall man, uh, drops his coat. It's actually me sat on Pierre's shoulders. It's a very high ceiling. And I go, leave this place. Not... Like in Borat. <laughs> and and you realize there's a test, a test you passed. Welcome to Bonus Pod. Welcome. Gosh. And what a test. What a test. Well, yeah, that you're brave. Only the bravest um, Patreons. Only the bravest of the Podbuds become Patreons. Yeah. Yeah. The, if, you, if you hear a disembodied voice saying, leave this place, we're, and, you've, and you listen to it, we're not interested in your support. <laughs> um, oh, we should probably say actually Pierre um, welcome to any new listeners who might have seen this podcast recommended in uh, good housekeeping so yeah. any good housekeepers thank you for joining um, <clears throat> our, our podcast was very kindly mentioned in a profile by the DJ and presenter and great lady Sarah Cox yes yes a true podbud Sarah Cox and 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 uh, a pillar of this community. She really is, um, Sarah. Uh, I've worked with her a couple of times, and she's mentioned Podbud both times, and I'm always absolutely astonished <laughs> that she likes us. <laughs> <laughs> but she does. She really does. Yeah. She's a big fan of Pierre. Big fan of Pierre. And uh, to my knowledge, we've never met. Never met. She definitely, she you're definitely her favorite. Um, uh, she, she's like uh, that. Pierre, he's so great, and I'm just waiting for her to say something about me. I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> well, we we do it together. It's fun. He's so smart, and I'm like, yeah, I guess it is quite a highbrow podcast from the both of us. Pierre, though, he just knows so much. And I'm like, mm, all right, all right, can we keep? keep yeah, okay. See, see you later, Sarah. Um, I'll see you on set. See you on set. Good luck with the housekeeping interview. <laughs> Are we good housekeepers? Are you a good housekeeper? I think I am quite a good housekeeper, actually. I, uh, you know, mm. um, I mean, I, I'm not the actual cleaning. Like from like once a month, I get a, a clean uh, a cleaning lady who I really like. She's really cool. Shout out to Beatrice. Yeah. She's the best. Um, and. You know, she'll really she does a bang up job, yeah, I have to say. But I'm she doesn't have all that much to do compared to like she showed me a photo of a place she does and it's like literally a hoarder. 
Like the, she does the before and after, and she's like she takes a place from a hoarder's place to something that's livable, and then the next time she comes back, it's back to hoarder, and she's like, compared to that, this place is absolutely fine. So I I like I like doing dishes, I like doing laundry, I like yep. putting things away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not so good on the wiping of the surfaces, I have to say. Yeah, that's it's tough to remember. Um, I like to put things away at the end of the day. On um, mm. mass, like a sort of cartoon animal, like a sort yeah, of, or- <laughs> something Winnie the Pooh would do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's su- really wholesome. That's, well, that's sunset. Time to put everything away. <laughs> yes, you you behave <laughs> the way a character in a sort of a, a children's story does. Yeah, in a veiled attempt to make children more tidy. <laughs> Oh, look, children, it's night time. Time to stop being loud and put everything away. <laughs> just like your heroes do. <laughs> yeah, just like me, the pantsless bear. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. Yeah, next, like some like not very good song about putting things away. And you know what real superheroes do? They, are, they, be quiet. they become quiet at 6pm and they go to bed and they don't make a single noise and they put their toys away. <laughs> And that's the real superpower. That's the real superpower is is how quiet Batman is at night. <laughs> so that Alfred can watch his stories. Um so I'm a I'm an end of the day put away, right? Yeah. But um my It's a classic my G- end of the day put away. Uh, it's end of the day put away and that's what I shout. <laughs> and I do I do double finger guns at God <laughs> in the sky. End of the day, put away, and then point at the sky. <laughs> I can really picture you sort of throwing your head back. Doing finger guns at the sky and going, end of the day, put away. <laughs> and I, 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 I leap at the same time. I leap from <laughs> from standing with my feet together to a deep squat, wide stance. Out, end of the day, put away. <laughs> Oh, fire really got me. <laughs> it's like the it's like the changing of the guard. People are lucky to see it, you know. Yeah, yeah, you might have to wait a while, but and and, mm. he, and he appears otherwise very still until there's one moment when he explodes <laughs> in activity. It's the second the sun disappears over the horizon. <laughs> And all the tourists' cameras come out. Oh, look, honey, it's starting. Oh, dear. <laughs> like that. <laughs> People sort of murmur appreciative. Loads of photos. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. But, but Phil, but the, uh, the old GF who I, who I live with, she is a, she, a throughout the day put away. Wow. Yeah. Mm. The two, the two genders, Pierre. These are the, two, these are the two genders, and mm. it means that if I take my eyes off a mug for a second, oh, 
That shit's yeah. put away. Wow. Like washed up and put away. Well, in the dishwasher or in the cupboard, depending on the mug. Depending on the condition of the mug. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I, mm, I'm not like that. And I have known people like that. And I've sort of dated people like that. And it's admirable, but it's, yeah. it's no way to live. Pierre. It's no way to live. And ultimately, I'm using the same mug for multiple hot drinks throughout the day. That's and you're just it, making a lot of work it. for the dishwasher. Yeah, using up water and soap and energy. I'm, I'm getting multiple teas out of this mug. I'm not. I'm getting multiple teas out of this mug. I'm not varying it up. I'm not getting a, hot, a black coffee and then a Ribena and then a tea and making a horrible flavor base. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I do have a variety of hot drinks though. I've got. I start with a coffee. I have a tea, and then if I've earned a treat, I have a Milo. And so I do Ooh. need separate mugs for those. Mm. And sometimes, even if I'm having another tea, I'll go. You know what? I want to treat myself to a fresh mug. But, but it should be a treat. Really, it's a treat. It is a treat. Yeah. It's a treat. This is the thing. So I, I sometimes feel a bit like um, a character in a psychological thriller because I like, I'll like i sort of disappear out of the room for seconds and I'll come back and this thing is just gone. And I'll sort of go, but I didn't even see anything move, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, is Pierre crazy? Is there a ghost? Yeah, yeah. Um, does Pierre have like an alternate... Mr. Hyde character that's just very tidy. Yes, yeah, Mr. Tide. Mr. Tide. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Messy and Mr. Tidy, just like a a kid's book based around the harrowing story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Dr. Yeah, that it's um. It's a good book. I've, I read Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when I was young. It is good. Yeah. It is good. People people sleep on, to use the parlance of the young, people are sleeping on Robert Louis Stevenson. Oh, gosh, it's Robert Louis Stevenson, isn't it? That's the thing. It's not just Treasure Island. He's also Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, that, that's an Andy Andy Daly character. Yeah. Um, the poet. What the, what, the cowboy poet. What's his name? Oh, um, bloody hell! What is it? I'll find it. Where he he and he hunts supernatural creatures. He hunts monsters, and he pronounces. He talks about Doctor Jekylls and Mister Hyde's like there. There are many of them. They're they're a type of monster, and he yeah. calls them a, a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Dalton Wilcox. <laughs> Dalton Wilcox. That's it. We saw him do Dalton Wilcox uh, live in Edinburgh, and he said, uh, "I gotta keep my eyes open for a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde's." <laughs> Uh, if, if for any podcasters haven't heard it, do le- listen to uh, the pilot podcast project by Andy Daly. Yeah, it's Andy Daly, genius! Uh, it's so funny. Eagle-eyed viewers will recognize Andy Daly from his appearance as a Ben Franklin impersonator in the U.S. office. Yes, he's great in that. He's yep. really funny. Or the voice of insect insectoid assassin in uh, Rick and Morty, Crumbopolis mm-hmm. Michael. Yep, yep, yep. He's very talented. Uh, he's just like an incredible improviser and there's also an an amazing series he made called Review which is based originally on an Australian show but his this version is just he plays a reviewer who has to review life experiences oh right and they're sent in as requests and he's so committed to 
he's so committed to the idea to the format that he'll do it whatever whatever it is if so somewhere like what what's it like to eat uh 20 pancakes in one sitting and he'll go off and do it and then one's just like what's it like to get addicted to cocaine <laughs> he goes off and he gets addicted to and like ruins his life it, but it's so funny yeah so that's another recommend is review with andy daly very nice very nice he's so funny his voice is perfect for everything he does um Yes, just perfect. But uh, I, uh, wait, how did we get on to? Oh yeah, Doctor. J- yeah, Robert Louis Stevenson. I mean, what a yeah. what a guy. What what an author. In my mind, like the the guy, the ones who wrote the stories about desert islands can't write about the city. <laughs> they're like, they're, <laughs> it's just so weird. Like, oh well, they just wrote about. Yeah. Like I mean, Arthur Conan Doyle wrote. Um, what did he write? Was it The Lost World? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, and I was like, mm, really? You can't. But you can't write an island story and then also, shit, what is it? Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, exactly. That's a city story. You can't yeah, I know write what land, you mean. land fiction and, and island fiction. You can't write tropical and cold. <laughs> yeah. It feels wrong. That's, a, that's very true. You sort of, it sort of feels like a similar betrayal. Like, um, like if you found out the guy who wrote all the Jason Bourne books had just written like a kind of Victorian, like Jane Austen romance novel. You'd be furious. I'd be livid. Yeah. And then if they put Matt Damon in the film too, very confusing. (laughs) Um, Although... Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Although it would be fun if uh, a Jane Austen-style plot had a moment where one of the characters had to dig a bullet out of their shoulder in a truck station bathroom. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. And, like, tie a a tourniquet over it and then bite off the end with the teeth. Yeah. Bite off the end and stagger out back. Yeah, yeah. Put a bloody bonnet back on and stagger back into the ball. That'll be sick, actually. Like a Quentin Tarantino period drama. Yeah. Well, Django Unchained, I suppose, yeah, I was but in British Django one. Is probably, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, but set in British, yeah. Britain land. A British one, and also it's like um, it would be like that bit in Casino Royale where he comes back from being poisoned and his shirt's all open. You mean the way they would all dress? Yeah, but like it would be like, uh, oh, like one of the ladies poisons one of the other ladies so she can try and fuck Mr. Darcy. And so she goes and like Daniel Craig's the poison out of herself in the toilet and comes back. Like, thought she got nice. rid of me, Barbara, or whatever. Nice, yeah. That would be sick. Yeah, that'd be good. Have you? Did you ever watch any of Bridgerton? I could never bring myself to. I watched the first episode yeah it's not for me i think we discussed how i i was it, it, it's what taught me that no one actually cares about the historical accuracy anyway so it just doesn't matter yeah yeah because most people don't know the history um but also like it doesn't matter and i mean it's like fine it's whatever it's a bit of fun but for me it's, it's too bright like it's just for me it's literally mainly a visual thing it looks too bright it oh, like bright off. colors in blazing sunshine constantly. Just, yeah, the light is it's all just too bright, and it looks like they're on set. I, I, I yeah, I, I couldn't. It wasn't immersive. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say mm. for me. Uh, oh, you know, I did watch recently, and I'm a bit behind. Time is a, a BBC drama, it's the three-part miniseries with Sean Bean. Sean with, Bean. With Sean Bean. With Sean Sean Bean and Stephen Graham. Uh, I hear it's harrowing. The most most intense actor in England. 
Stephen <laughs> Graham is always <laughs> pointing at his temple with his finger to make a point and scrunching up his face. Stephen Graham. <laughs> he's brilliant. He's so good. But he's always playing that same intense fucking... He's so scary. He's like a coiled ring at all times. It's brilliant, yeah. though. It's so good. Um, and it's it's good that it's good because I think... Here's my hot take for this um, this bonus pod, Pierre. Yeah. British drama is fucking shit. Whoa! It's bad. It's Hold bad. on. It's, it's all... It, it can only ever get like three quarters of the way good. It, there's always something that's just off. There's always something that just looks cheap, that is unthought out. There's always a... Uh, there's always a deus ex machina where something just happens because they need to move along the story and they haven't planned plotted it out properly. It, there's and it, there's it always just looks like low grade, like just from time to time. There's like there's a very high quality one. The miniseries are very good, so you know like Des yeah. or Time or Quiz, really really brilliant. If it's if it's like three episodes, they're normally really good. Any more than that, they're just kind of crappy. Now hang on a minute. Because obviously, budget-wise, we can't compete with America at all. Yeah. So it will always look a bit floopy. Yeah. In points, but what are you comparing it to, plot-wise? Plot-wise, mm. I'm comparing it to um, something like I don't know. Uh, I know. I know. Breaking Bad is like the top of the top, but I mean. It, if you have, uh, you know, writers should be able to make things make sense, and they should be, they should have, you should be convinced that they were thinking, they were planning the whole way through, yeah, and that they weren't sort of making it up as it went along. And if with British drama, it feels like that a lot of the time. The other, t- the other problem with British drama is the acting is always over the top because British pe- actors have to do the unnatural thing of being British people who emote. And because it's not because pretty British people don't emote, they they overcompensate, and they yeah. do this weird sort of. Oh, what do you mean? No, no, fuck! <laughs> you come in here. No, fuck off. No, you can't. No. And it's just like no one behaves like this. They do that weird sort of like angry laughing, like. I can't believe this. I can't believe you. I can't believe you've done this again. And they overcompensate because British people don't emote at all. And if they were doing it accurately, it would be boring because British people don't don't express themselves. Well. Uh, that's what's good well. about Stephen Graham and Sean Bean because they play it down. I mean, Stephen Graham has this sort of incredible intensity, but it's always simmering. It's always... He he's not always screaming and shouting. It's all just fucking like that, you know. He's just down there all the time, and and that makes sense. Yeah, but a lot a yeah. lot of like British drama acting is just over the top, and is trying to, it's trying to imagine what emotion is, because British people well, I, don't actually know. Well, I had, so there's an interesting interesting that you raised there because there's an alternate explanation, Phil, that I heard once from someone who had been to drama school. Oh yeah, a dramatist. A dramatist. A professionally trained dramatist. And he said that um, the reason that a lot of British actors are like uh, that on camera, like big, is because mm. it's all stage training. 
initially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've yeah. got to be big on stage. Whereas Americans are trained, if they're trained at all, from like camera. Always camera, camera, camera. Small motions. Keep it small because the camera's going like, to... The screen is your whole face, which is why American stage productions often aren't as good. And Britain's, you know, British Britain is famous for its like stage actors and the West That's End. That's a very good point. Shakespeare. Very good observation. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. I'd I'd never considered it, but in, and and Phil, and again, you and I, I will both, you mm. and I will both have filmed ourselves for self tape auditions in our lives. And, you know, you and I uh, did a lot of. I guess what you would nominally call stage acting and like sketches, like in little theaters or comedy shows. And it's too big. You see it on camera and your face is going like fucking Mr. Bean. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whereas what they want is a single eyebrow twitch, tiny, little, little tiny. Except it isn't when it's British drama. They, they go for the big obvious performances. But maybe they're all stage actors and they're just going like, well, how will they see me at the back? (laughs) There's an element to that, but then I was also counting, you know, the, I mean, one of the, the best um, stage performances, one of the best stage performances I've ever seen was um, um, Mark Rylance as Iago in Othello. Oh. And he was amazing because he played it down, because he was so Quiet. believable. This was in the Shakespeare's Globe, you know, it's a big theatre, but he played it real. And Quiet then, little and Rylance. When, lit, quiet, you never suspect the Rylance. But... Mm. But then when he's on screen, he also, you know, he plays it at the right right um, <clears throat> pitch as well. So, I th- yeah, so fundamentally, I think the British British uh, drama, is, is tr- it, tries, it tries too hard. It overshoots. It goes too dramatic. I, and it's, I suppose it, it the problem is, the problem is we're watching, all our best drama actors are actually in America in their dramas. Mm, yeah. Like The Wire yeah. and Mad Men. That's true. Are there British people in Mad Men? Yeah, there's a few, isn't there? Mad Men, British actors. That's true. Jared Harris is British. Lane Price in Mad Men. Um, what about Phil? Okay, so we've got the Bodyguard in defense. Bodyguard? Yeah, I didn't like it. What? Did you like Bodyguard? I enjoyed Bodyguard. Bits of it mm-hmm. were a bit silly. Yeah, exactly. There's always something that's just silly. There's always yeah, something but in breaking, oh, yeah, but in yeah, but in Breaking Bad, there was a bit where they used a big magnet to, to magnet some evidence. Well, that's all. But it's it still it, it. You believed it. It made sense, and there's a build up to it. It didn't. It didn't come out of just nowhere. It didn't feel silly to watch that. Yeah, I suppose. But then, man, how much credit are we just... that that you know, yeah. the bit where the truck is like it pulls HD itself magnet. into the wall and stuff. It's just like, oh yeah, I believe this. I believe it. The Night Manager, or oh, that's based on a book. To be fair, I never saw the Night Manager. A lot of the best dramas, like Tinker Tailor and stuff, it's basically just we're praising John Le Carre. Um, what is? Would you say it's a drama? Um, 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 flat caps in Birmingham. What's it called? Oh, Peaky Blinders. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've also I've not seen that. <laughs> Wolf Hall, that's 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 old Rylance being a little frowny quiet boy. That's Rylance, but then that's because it's a you know like a really successful book, right? It's all, yeah, it's all plotting, books, the plotting's isn't it? Been in done. the end, the plotting's been done. When the plotting's that's already true. been done, it's very good. I, I like Ripper say, you know, Street. Oh, I didn't see that. I did see Ripper uh, Street. Looked good. Uh, what was it? It's a sin is very good. It's a sin. Is yes, good. but again, these are sort of like these limited series are like short runs. Those are really good, but like yeah, the, the longer run true. ones are just not. They're rarely, rarely good. 
It's just amazing when you think of like the Americans just have so much money. They just have the money to pop out fucking 27 episodes a series of of high quality drama. At least at the HBO end of things. I mean, they have a lot of absolute guff too, but I guess we don't see that. Um God, yeah, maybe. God, that is a hot take, though, Phil. You're going to have people are going to be after your head if they can pay a small amount per month to listen to this. <laughs> um, well, no, because they'll think they make the good ones. There's this great quote that um, I remember hearing. Uh, this is, I think, um, John Cleese. Yeah. Um, said, or, or was it a nice Python? What's his name? Um, Eric Michael Idle. Pal- Michael Palin. Michael Palin, of course. <clears throat> Um, <clears throat> they they there was a sketch making fun of accountants, um, and um, and he met his accountant like a week later, and the accountant was like, "I really love that sketch; it's so funny." And mm. m- you know, Michael uh, Michael Palin was like, "Oh, weren't you offended?" And the guy goes, "Well, no, you were talking about chartered accountants, right?" Yeah, and it's like the boring ones. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly yeah. that thing. Like people, <laughs> if there's something about, bad about a group, you know, people are always like, "Oh, they mean they're the bad ones." Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I mean, it's spicy as hell. Uh, is it that spicy? I was getting, I get, I'm starting to get what? nervous. I say these things, I think are not that spicy, and you go, "Whoa, that's a lot." Like when I said <laughs> that uh, the, the January Six riot was fine. I was not. <laughs> I, I, I was, you really took umbrage with that. Well, no, I think I, I just think it's spicy because like. Um, Often people who are detractors of British comedy always say, but we do drama well. Well, they're fucking wrong. (laughs) The opposite is true. It's the end of the day. The sun has gone to bed. It's totally knackered. Time to rest its head It's the end of the day So open up your lugs It's time to put away All these goddamn mugs It's the end of the day Put away It's the end of the day Put away, put away, point those fingers up. Um, We don't have time to go fully into it, but it's very simple. My spicy take. Uh, It would have been funny if we'd just immediately given Ukraine exactly one nuke. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Just exactly one. And just go, what are you going to do now? Yeah, fly it over there. Um, uh, I wanted to, Filipu. Uh, I wanted to read a funny little message here on the Patreon uh, messages from uh, Chris. Chris, what bliss to listen to Chris. Yeah, he says, uh, "Afternoon, skids." I like skids. Yep. Uh, just got into the car and the radio connected to my phone and auto-played the tail end of a graphically detailed story about a young boy shitting salsa into his nags. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Immediately followed by, this podcast is sponsored by HMRC. (laughs) (laughs) 
Nearly died <laughs> laughing. Koji Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor HMRC. They have no idea. This is Her Majesty. Her Majesty. This is Her Majesty's podcast. I'd love to become the first podcast to get that royal seal. Um, oh, that would be so good. By by so by, good. by appointment to the <laughs> to the crown. Podcasters to the crown. Lovely. God, imagine that would be fucking sick. I'd love that. I would become. I would start immediately angling for some sort of uh, honor, and then I'd rub it in everyone's face. <laughs> um. Yeah, that is funny. And I will say we've had lots of messages on on Twitter and on Instagram, but mostly on Twitter about how how deadpan and robotic we were doing the HMRC things. But you can back me up on this, Phil. More than once on the briefing notes, HMRC were like, no yeah. humor. No humor. They don't want you to think tax is fun. No. They the really tax don't. doesn't have to be taxing, but it can't be fun. <laughs> it mustn't be it's fun. It's in the middle. Ideally, it's done quick, but we're not <laughs> expecting you to have fun with it. For the love of God, there's nothing funny about taxes. <laughs> that's what they emphasized to us and so we thought well we're not going to try and come up with a joke so good that inland revenue like it <laughs> like getting yeah. a terrifying message from hmrc being like hey to be fair good one cheers hmrc not going to happen no 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 it's not going to happen and particularly relevant, to be fair, for us to be advertising the January 31st deadline because we we actually have to use that deadline because we're saucy little boys. We are saucy little traders, saucy little self-employeds. Yeah, I, I quite liking, like thinking of myself instead of as a, as a, a comedian who says things into the ether. I, I sort of, whenever I see sole trader, the examples always make me feel more manly because they're like, uh, you know, cab driver guy, fruit stall guy. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that is me, isn't it? Or just switch the the spelling around a little, and you feel like a soul trader. Get on the soul trade. Or S O U L soul trader, the devil. Yes. That would be a good way of someone saying that they're the devil in one of those TV shows where the devil is a real guy you can meet. I suppose you could say I'm a soul trader. Yeah, that'd be a lovely line. That'd be a delicious line. A devilishly delicious line. A devilishly delicious little line. (laughs) A soul trader. I'm trying to find the thing with the examples. But yeah, the examples are always pretty manly. Kind of uh, guys with vans. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I feel like I'm trading things. I've got a, 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 a I've got a, I don't know, a, a fruit stall in Borough Market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it, it feels like we can show up and look at other jokes and go, "Who'd you have in to do these?" Little <laughs> <laughs> <a> cowboy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's the that's the bonus part. Thank you. Uh, for your little massage there, Chris. That was very nice. Very fun to imagine you laughing at that, at the Inland Revenue. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see you in another exclusive environ next week. Yes. Oh, I just want to be clear, the time 
that drama with Sean Bean and Stephen Graham is fantastic. So do yeah. do watch it. It's on iPlayer. It, it, it moved me. It moved me so much. It's so good. Get in uh, on it. So that's another recommend. A very recommend rich one, this one. Yeah. Uh, but thanks for being Patreons. Thank you, guys. And we'll talk to you again in the future. Bye-bye. Bye.